0: Expand AI podcast. My name is Amrita and I'm the founder of Expand AI. Expand AI is automating the data labeling process to solve the problems that exist with manual data labeling to help AI companies build high-performing ML models. The Expand AI podcast has been launched with the purpose of creating a space for intellectually stimulating discussions with leaders in the AI space. Our aim is to create an inclusive space for everyone to learn more about the developments in the AI space. Today, our guest is Priyanka Kastore. Priyanka is the founder of Machine Learning India, India's biggest social media-driven AI and ML community with over 400,000 members. The goal of MLI is to reduce the skill gap in India by creating a vibrant AI ecosystem and talent pool, thereby leading our country to have a significant take in the global AI revolution. To pursue the same, MLI intends to democratize quality technical education, resources, and opportunities and make them available to all. Priyanka, welcome to the Expand AI podcast.
1: Thank you, Amrita. Thank you for extending this opportunity. Congratulations on getting started with this initiative. And I hope it reaches a lot of people.
0: Thank you so much. It's I'm really glad to have you as a guest on the podcast. Um, and... Uh, uh, to let our listeners know, so today we're essentially going to be focusing on the NITI Ayok papers, uh, the uh, the strategy that's been mentioned, uh, that's been uh, published by NITI Ayok uh, to kind of lead, guide India as to how we're going to like be at par with the global scenario when it comes to AI developments. Um, so Priyanka, why don't you walk us through the National Strategy for Artificial Intelligence?
1: Sure, Amrita so um, firstly let's talk about niti ayog niti ayog sure. is like um, the public policy think tank of the government of india you can think of it as an agency um, catalyzing economic development in a cooperative manner um, including um, developments in technology in infrastructure uh, and all other sectors so niti ayog came up with a few papers uh, a few years ago specifically in 2018 um, and this paper was all about uh, using artificial intelligence uh, to catalyze economic growth. So, given the disruptive nature of AI, the government decided to you know, look into the large-scale adoption of uh, emerging technology AI, and uh, AI in uh, different sectors. So, they chalked out five major sectors, um, agriculture, education, smart cities,
0: uh, mm-hmm. and
1: infrastructure. Then there's smart mobility and transportation, um, and uh, health. So the plan and strategy uh, they have uh, to bring AI to the masses and to use AI for greater good is essentially national uh, strategy for artificial intelligence. So Mm -hmm. it's like an end-to-end view of AI adoption in India, uh, the challenges associated with it and the recommendations of what we can do to overcome those challenges and uh, really bring out a societal impact.
0: Right, right. And the National Stata- Strategy for Artificial Intelligence was essentially published by Neeti in back in 2018. So essentially today in the podcast, we're going to be focusing on, uh, you know, the strategy, of course, but also like on, you know, setting the context for where we stand right now and like in these four years, how far we've come, like how much of it has actually become a reality is also what we're going to kind of be critically discussing. Um, so uh, let's set the context first. So, where do you think India stands with AI developments when compared to the global growth?
1: Um, Well, to see, India ranks 46th on the Global Innovation Index. Mm -hmm. So, you should get a clear idea of where we stand right now when it comes to technological innovation and development. Um, 46th rank, I think, is but it's not that great. You see there are a lot of barriers uh, which have been analyzed, you know, like lack of expertise uh, in research and application of AI. Then there's absence of, uh, you know, enabling data ecosystems. Then there's high resource cost, uh, low awareness for adoption of emerging technologies. Uh, then there are privacy and security concerns because of the sheer population of our country uh, and mm-hmm. the amount of data that we're generating. Uh, then there's absence of collaborative effort. So there are different challenges, you know, um, when it comes to adoption of these technologies here in India, and uh, that is why we have such a low rank but uh, I mean there's a long way to go you know we have we still have to climb the ladder a lot and we have immense knowledge capital uh, mm-hmm. we have a startup ecosystem and there's amazing public private partnership work that's been happening uh, across mm-hmm. the country if we utilize our resources well I think there's immense amount of opportunity for us to shine and India over a few years can really become a playground uh, for enterprises institutions globally to you know, pick ideas from, um, to pick solutions from, and really scale them for their own economies.
0: Right, absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. So, uh, before I move on to the next question, I want to ask you that according to you, uh, do you think AI adoption and AI development are two different things?
1: Uh, I think they are different. Um, adoption with awareness. Awareness comes with education. Uh, and only when there's enough adoption, you'll see real development in the sector, right? Absolutely. So uh, when more and more people start adopting AI solutions, when more and more people become data-first, data-centric, that's when you'll see real research coming out in the area. So they are two different things.
0: Right, absolutely. Okay. So, then my question to you is, what sort of shift are we looking for to, one, accelerate AI adoption, and second, to be the hub for groundbreaking global AI developments?
1: Uh, To accelerate AI adoption, I think um, the most important thing is awareness about uh, AI technology, uh, right? And uh, that comes with encouraging uh, people young people who look into these subjects you know uh, and when i say look into these subjects i do not mean very theoretically i think they have to um, analyze these subjects uh, very critically and come up with solutions that matter right solutions that can be used in the real world today to mm-hmm. really bring out greater good in the society so mm-hmm. those kind of problems are important i think we need to push young students to pursue uh, ai education or education and other emerging tech, um, and effort should be made to establish, you know, a center of excellence in major educational institutions here in India. I think that's really important. Um, moreover, what should also be focused on is upskilling and reskilling, right? So we are not just targeting young individuals but we're also targeting people in their middle age you know who have studied information technology or computer science or any other subject for that matter uh, years ago but now they want to reskill or upskill themselves i think it is important for them also to get to know what's really happening in the industry right now and where we are going towards so um, reskilling and upskilling is important um i think we also need to, to develop the passion of learning new things because mm-hmm. in IT, where things keep changing uh, at a very fast pace, I think there's exponential growth, new technologies coming up every day. And it's very difficult for people like us to keep a track of what's happening. And, uh, you know, technologies are going outdated with every day that's passing. So just right. to keep the pace, I think uh, we need to develop the passion for learning new things. Right? Um,
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. And then after that, I think we have to become a data first nation Um, You also have Mm -hmm. to have our data stored within the boundaries of our nation. And once you have all that data, honestly, you are are ought to look for ways in which to utilize it. So, I think these are different ways in which we can, you know, uh, really push or accelerate uh, AI adoption here in India.
0: Right. Okay, yeah, data is like, I think, you know, one of the uh, major things because, uh, I mean, as you know, like, even if you're like a model centric approach is not the right approach to go when it comes to machine learning, it's more important to be data centric. So, I mean, you're absolutely right that, you know, data collection and then also like, you know, having uh, access to, um, you know, highly accurate training data set, these two things are going to be critical, uh, you know, in in our road to um, AI development for sure. Okay, so um, now that we've set the context, um, let's talk about the strategy. So, um, so as you correctly said, you know there are, uh, you know, uh, the focus is mainly on healthcare, education, agriculture, smart cities and infrastructure, and smart mobility and technology and transportation in the paper, right? So um, let's first focus on the healthcare uh, sector first. So, talk about the state of AI in the healthcare industry. Like, what is the uh, strategy state and in comparison, where do we stand now?
1: Mm, Well, if you talk about healthcare, it's one of the most dynamic, yet the most challenging sectors here in India. Um, And major challenges being quality of healthcare, then there's accessibility, there's affordability. um, And then, you know, there's also shortage of qualified uh, health professionals. Right, there's non-uniform mm-hmm. accessibility to healthcare across the nations. You see a glaring disparity in rural and urban um, healthcare services. Absolutely. The right? yeah. um, problem is further accentuated, you know, by um, lack of consistent quality. Uh, you see yeah, that totally, you know yeah. you're in India. Healthcare services are mostly individual-driven; they're not institution-driven. Your less than two mm-hmm. percent hospitals are accredited right Mm -hmm. and uh, the sheer number of doctors i think it's alarming this i mean who recommends one doctor per thousand population you're in india we have only 0.76 doctors for a population of thousand people right so um, this is really alarming so the government has identified these challenges another challenge could be affordability right Mm -hmm. so the poor and the marginalized are always hit um Mm -hmm. A lot of people are, you know, pushed into poverty every year because of their healthcare expenditure. And mm-hmm. uh, another, uh, if you if you th- think about other challenges, I think a lot of people here in India they'll only, uh, you know, go to a doctor or, or seek for any healthcare service when uh, the disease has taken a grave form, right? So they have the uh, tendency. this reactive approach to healthcare that needs to change so that is also a major challenge here right so right. these are some some challenges that the government has identified and uh, i think uh, what we could do is maybe you know uh, something like telemedicine um, wherein um, a doctor can consult uh, right. a patient online right from some remote area this is something that can be worked upon then there are some other things like um, you know predictive uh, diagnosis Um, there's uh, predictive medicine, medication also. So these Mm -hmm. are some things that AI can really help with. And um, in a way, I think what we could do is make uh, these healthcare facilities available to the masses in an affordable manner without having uh, the doctors present in those physical locations, right? Also, we could, you know, get a lot of uh, things managed. So this is something that we should be working on. And paper a lot so um, there's a long way to go that's all i would say in healthcare at least i think the covid the pandemic is all these developments
0: right right i mean uh, okay so what do you think like you you do say that there's a long way to go and i totally agree with you on that so, uh, again, uh, you know, focusing on, like, as we said, like, we we're going to talk about, like, where do we stand now and, like, you know, f- uh, tracing to like, what needs to change for, you know, developments to, to first really see developments in, this, in the, these different sectors. So then what do you think needs to change specifically when it comes to healthcare, focusing on healthcare? What do you think needs to change for, you know, these developments to actually take shape?
1: I think we need first of all, and we need plenty of them. So, um, the ratio that who recommends, I think we, we have to really match up to that. One doctor per thousand population, 2.5 nurses per thousand population, 3.5 hospital beds per thousand population. India is still lacking in those uh, areas, you know. That is something which we need to work upon. Uh, so, education, number one. Um, mm-hmm. Moreover, like I said, there's non-uniform accessibility to healthcare across the country. Uh, physical access is the major barrier here so with telemedicine i think uh, we could make uh, doctors uh, available to uh, rural areas people from rural areas uh, in an easy manner i think so mm-hmm. that can really be worked upon uh, moreover like i said it remains an issue uh, right so we have to create systems which can uh, provide healthcare quality healthcare services to uh, people living in rural areas as well as urban areas um, mm-hmm. uh, in a very inexpensive manner right so right I think, uh, yeah, so optimization costs need to be done, I think, and government also has to uh, subsidize medicine or, uh, let's say, the treatment when it comes to the poor and the marginalized. So that is also something that needs to be worked upon. Um, Moreover, we need to encourage people to uh, really take care of their health and seek medical help uh, when the disease is not in a grave stage, right? So all these um, factors, I think, they're not very technology-driven, to be honest. You, you cannot have a lot of technological solutions to most of these, um, you know, uh, challenges here. But uh, these are very, uh, I mean, these are all the, uh, either these, the solutions to these problems either come from economics or they come from psychology. So pushing people to seek healthcare services or making these services affordable, uh, I think the technological aspect could be, you know, developing systems in which these systems could be made affordable, Right. So Mm -hmm. that is somewhere technology can help in, but apart from that, uh, this question is a part of economics and psychology
0: right but like what role do you think uh, you know ai plays out here especially like with the accessibility to smartphones that you know a lot of people have today because because you know smartphone access is something that has become extremely easy because of you know the availability of uh, you know cheaper uh, you know chinese uh, uh, models out mm-hmm. there in the market so uh, what do you so then according to you like you know like with the access to smartphones, and then also, uh, you know, especially you spoke about like early detection of diseases. So, what role do you think AI can play there?
1: Uh, AI can help us diagnose these diseases at a very early stage, right? And mm-hmm. um, AI can also give you um, some curative um, steps as to what you could do to cure these diseases, you know, if they are not uh, very. Um, uh, deadly. If if, if if it's not a very grave disease, if it's something like common cold or something, AI can suggest what to do. So, um, I think uh, these kind of health problems can be taken care of by AI. Um, there are uh, different problems like uh, detection of cancers, different problems like diabetes. Um, there's... Um, uh, uh, a lot of work being done in genetics as well where ai is being uh, used to study genes and to personalize and customize medicine right or to give personalized treatment depending on a certain gene type uh, ai is also being used in drug discovery in vaccine generation so on and so forth so there are different things which ai can do i think the the problem that we need to solve has be, uh, has to be clear and um, the data sets have to be available and right. uh, that's all i think ai can play its part
0: right absolutely so then uh, you know the strategy focuses quite a lot on india's cancer wars like can you talk about how ai can help according to the strategy like especially when it comes to solving the uh, cancer wars that india currently faces yeah so um, i
1: think 1 million new cases of cancer in india uh, every year and mm-hmm. uh, this is an increasing number, right? Uh, especially when it comes to the Indian lifestyle, all the changes here uh, in the country, uh, the number is really increasing, it's alarming. So early detection and management of uh, cancer can be really crucial to our healthcare system. So uh, for that, I think what we, what is needed is good quality pathology, good quality oncology. Um, so unfortunately, I think these kind of services are not uh, very easily accessible or affordable here in India. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for for an annual incidence of let's say one million uh, new cases per year, uh, we, we, we here in India have barely around two thousand oncologists, out of right. which only five hundred could be considered as as experts, you know. So machine learning could really be helpful. The systems could really be helpful, here, they can be aimed at assisting uh, quality. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be, uh, you know, they could be assistive uh, doctors. Like, you know, they could assist general pathology in quality diagnosis um, or, you know, or probably what they could do is, you know, automate the process of diagnosis. They could also provide a a set steps of what is to be done when a certain type of cancer is, uh, you know, detected. So Mm -hmm. these kind of services, assistive services, I think, can really bring about change. And um, this is a sector in which work is really happening. Um, there is a similar project uh, uh, under Neeti Ayoga. I think it's called Imaging Biobank for Cancer. Right, um, yeah. That is also, yeah. So yeah, are basically I, yeah, they're basically generating a repository. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. They're cre- curating like a, you know, whole like data set, uh, you know, volume of data sets uh, to basically uh, be able right. to like detect cancer, uh, cancerous cells and especially like skin in can- cancer and yes. de- different kinds of, uh, you know, cancers. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be really helpful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as we were referring to previously, like uh, you know, data is going to play a really crucial part for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so now let's move on to the agriculture sector. Um, so my first question to you is, uh, there are a lot of startups that are emerging in the agri-tech space, um, and they're working on some promising technologies and digital farming to impact agricultural productivity also with smartphones becoming easily accessible as we just spoke about like uh, to farmers digital farming is becoming a reality so how much of an impact mm-hmm. do you think these developments will have on agricultural productivity and on the lives of farmers
1: um well a lot uh, honestly because see, agriculture is something uh, on which 49% of india's workforce is dependent on right uh, agriculture accounts for 16% of india's uh, economy uh that's that's a huge chunk right so um, it roughly affects around 1, 1. 1.3 billion people India's total population and we export or produce so definitely more than that uh, mm-hmm. i think um as a sector also it is challenging to bring about real technological innovation uh but uh, you know government has been trying the sector, but because there are a lot of unpredictable variables, you know, there's a weak supply chain, there's low productivity, um, there's a lack of um, expertise when it comes to the commercial aspect right farmers know their job very well they know what crop to sow when they know what crop to reap when um, but what they really lack is the commercial aspect of um, what to do um, and how to really bring their produce to the market and how to make uh, enough money out of it for them to suffice right i think that is what is lacking here so um, we have to be able to provide the supply as per demand of the economy So that is something where AI can really help, AI can really optimize those variables. Then there's lack of assured irrigation, right? Irrigation services, Mm -hmm. I think those can be optimized. There's water supply, I think that can be optimized. There's overuse and misuse of pesticides and fertilizers, right? So uh, I think AI can really give us Mm -hmm. some calculations as to how much uh, we used when right that is a very interesting machine learning Uh, Interesting data right so that is something which can be worked upon then there's advanced knowledge of pest attacks so on and so forth right so there are like a whole different problems associated with uh, with agriculture that uh, ai can help address and uh, i think it can affect tremendous Mm -hmm. amount of people in india and uh, it will really boost the economy a lot. I think we'll see an astounding growth rate in the agricultural sector if AI really enters agriculture.
0: Okay, so uh, the technologies that we're developing uh, to you know uh, to make digital farming a reality. Do you think these technologies will be India first and can be adopted by other countries?
1: Definitely, why not? I think uh, India has a lot of potential. We can come up with solutions. And India is developing when it comes to agriculture. Um, There are a lot of countries you can talk about. Uh, Africa, solutions like, um, you know, solutions on agriculture, like that of ours, can bring out real impact. Uh, A lot of other developing nations, uh, which are agrarian in nature, could really... um, be uh, benefited from this come up with, right? So um, India could be the playground of uh, innovation, at least in the agricultural sector, uh, uh, provided that we really direct our efforts there. I think a lot of startups are coming up with um, really good ideas, um, but they are very B2C. And uh, now if you see, you know, the average uh, Indian farmer uh, is a poor fellow. Right. Uh, he may or might not uh, want to use a technologically mm-hmm. advanced solution that costs him a lot uh, to, you know, improve his yield. So, uh, and moreover, there's lack of awareness, of, right. you know, about these technologies, how they. Really need- poor fellow. So, um, I think uh, it all starts with awareness and once people are aware, once they start using, I think there was this uh, experiment conducted in Andhra Pradesh wherein 3,000 farmers uh, registered to using some which helped them, you know, uh, uh, which helped them understand really so uh, which crop and when to reap it, so on and so forth. And uh, in that particular year, mm-hmm. Andhra Pradesh saw a 10 to 30% increase in crop yield. So Absolutely, agriculture yeah. is one sector where AI can do magic, right? But a lot of people have to adopt it. A lot of people have to adopt it at once. And once um, they do it, um, I think the results show. Once the results show, right.
0: Right. other countries
1: Absolutely. across the globe would be very happy to adopt such.
0: So do you think such technologies are common? Like the application of such technologies, do you think that it's common now across like different different parts of India?
1: um i wouldn't say very common uh, there were just about 3 to 4 experiments like these done across india i think startups are uh, really resilient on educating on why to use their ai services right they're making those ai services accessible and really easy to use for everyone but there are some psychological barriers, there are economical barriers for different farmers across various levels across the country. So it is going to take time. But uh, once done, we'll really see right. the impact.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so let's move on to education then. So I actually have a lot you know, of questions for education, um, because I think that especially with education, as you mentioned previously as well, um, you know, there needs to, a lot needs to happen, uh, especially for us to see the kind of AI development that we really want. And uh, also, like the traditional education system really needs to change, right? And I think that AI can really help with that. So, uh, you know, edtech mm-hmm. is something that's very commonly talked about, and there are a number of homegrown edtech companies that have done pretty well, like Byju's, UN Academy, etc. So, how can application of AI help with some of the problems that persist with traditional cra- classrooms, like First would be low retention rates, um, lack of interactive pedagogy, uh, you know, inadequate attention, large teacher vacancies. All of these are true for rural educational facilities, but you know these are also true for uh, you know private schools as well, like especially like you know lack of interactive pedagogy and inadequate attention. So how do you think AI can solve for this?
1: Um, There are concrete changes which are required in the education sector. Uh, Now, some of these challenges can be uh, overcome by the use of AI, by the use of technology. but I think a lot of changes need to happen um, which are not very technologically oriented, right? Uh, First of all, lack of um, uh, quality learning, that needs to be addressed. There's lack of qualified teachers. Uh, that in, in rural areas especially, mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. Um, I think uh, more project-based education needs to be incorporated in right. the curriculum. Uh, we need to limit theoretical education. We need to include subjects that matter. Uh, in India, I think uh, we do not have subjects related to commerce till the 10th grade right um, money which is an essential part of everyone's life nobody knows anything about money till their 11th grade uh, and even in the 11th grade only people that pursue commerce i think they get to know a little about banking about finance about um the subject of money i think this needs to change i think um Technology as a subject should come in. Coding needs to be um, not uh, at a like very young age, I would say, but people that are interested, students that are interested in coding, should be given a chance to learn uh, right. those technologies. It could be um, an elective. This could be an elective in school uh, in the ninth or tenth grade uh, or wherever you know the government, but uh, this needs to happen. Moreover, um, I think. Uh, Retention rates, they are low because um, uh, there are a lot of factors, you know, there are a lot of factors which amount to low retention rates in school. I think the first one being lack of uh, qualified teachers, the other one being lack of quality education. I think for this we need Mm -hmm. uh, learning. Everyone may not be interested in the subjects that are taught at school. So, we need to customize curriculum for each of the students, we need to personalize the learning experience for them. Um, we need predictive tools, you know, uh, to preemptive action of students who are from school depending on various mm-hmm. factors, right? Um, automated um, grading of teachers, right? Uh, how, like, students are graded based upon how they perform in the exam what about teachers teachers also need to be graded after a certain amount of time i think that is also equally important right so the quality Mm greatly depends on how teachers perform it's not just one end but it's bi-directional right so um, um, rationalization grading of teachers needs to be done and then there are uh, you know professional vocational development courses those also have to be incorporated in the school curriculum Right. We cannot really be pushing students in just theoretical subjects. We also need to teach them um, vocational subjects, right? Um, like um, subjects that matter in real life, maybe electrical training, home appliance training, or whatever that is called. But uh, those kind of things um, uh, are uh, equally important and really matter in the real world. So, um, I think, um, Today is only focusing on really digitizing right. what the school system is doing, right? If you look at uh, startups like Baiju's or if you look at startups like Fighter Junior, what they're essentially doing is just digitizing whatever is present in the book out there. They're just bringing right. it in the laptop or computer format because students nowadays Absolutely, find yeah. that lucrative, right? Real ed- tech edu- real ed- tech innovation has to happen. And um, that is going to require time, that is going to require some real uh, creative idea, right? Uh, That encourages more and more students to, you know, pursue education in a very different uh, format or uh, in a way that they find it
0: interesting.
1: Education shouldn't be boring. Mm -hmm. Students should be willing to learn new things. And not just related to their own curriculum, but outside their curriculum. So we need to, um, you know, really emphasize on action-based learning, on project-based learning to, you know, open the window of different approaches to learning to different students and uh, really to customize education as per an individual's need. That is where real edtech education lies. It does not lie in digitizing what's written in the book out there or making, you know, fun videos of whatever is written in the book. I think that's just conveying whatever is written in the book in a different form um it's not really bringing out real innovation or pushing students towards creativity critical thinking problem solving ideas which are re- really core skills when it comes to um the real world today
0: right totally agree with you on that so to me like education should be more about enhancing perception uh, which is really what is actually required you know throughout life especially if you want to be an entrepreneur whereas like the education system as it stands today it facilitates more of like focuses more on growth learning right so uh, you know you you spoke about like um you know like action based learning uh and you spoke about like you know i think that you know group discussions also need to become a big part of uh, you know the uh, the education system as well so how do you think ai can be used to you know in like facilitate these innovations so that you know so that education actually ends up enhancing your perception and prepares you for life rather than you know uh, you know just just builds your memory capacity and just you know focuses on rote learning so how do you think ai can be leveraged for that uh,
1: so today education focuses on pushing students to uh, memorize regurgitate original information something that they have not invented uh, students are forced into you know uh, memorizing stuff and vomiting all that stuff in the exams to right. bag uh, yeah. grades and the worst part is that even the industry out there incentivizes behavior of this kind, right? So you totally. see a lot of companies recruiting people with uh, higher grades, so on and so forth. So that needs mm-hmm. to change, I guess. And uh, how I can address all these challenges, I think, first of all, we need to retain students in schools. Now, in urban areas, you don't see retention. Problem, but when you go into rural areas here in India, uh, you see that a lot of people around... Like 70 out of 100 students that enroll for school only 75 stay till their uh, fifth grade. Um, mm-hmm. Only around 50 percent stay till their eighth grade. and uh, the stats are even poorer when it comes to the tenth board exam. right So I think the big problem in rural India uh, which needs to be addressed and it only comes with the uh, customization and personalization of learning. Right? We should stop mm-hmm. pushing students to uh, learn subjects that they don't like or stop pushing students that they don't have interest in. Um, in subjects that they don't have interest in, that needs to change. Right. Moreover, um, education, like I said, it, it has to become interesting. We need more qualified teachers. Um, we also maybe could use AI, like, um, uh, like I talked about telemedicine.org do education right? Making amazing professors, experts, and teachers across India accessible to rural areas um, via digital methods like a mobile or a laptop uh, or a computer or whatever. Any digital means, mm-hmm. I think that is something mm-hmm. which can be worked upon. Uh, and it has become increasingly important in the COVID scenario, right? So that is something um, can be done. Moreover, uh, like I said, we need predictive tools Uh, to inform about uh, students uh, dropping out. So that is also something that can be worked upon. We could use AI to automate uh, the um, uh, grading, right, of students in school. So uh, whatever exam they get, maybe the papers could be personalized as per uh, the student or what the student is Mm -hmm. inclined towards. The the grading could be personalized, the grading could be customized. We could also rank students and, and rank teachers as well depending on their performance right? right
0: um yeah
1: yeah moreover in group discussions also um what we could do is maybe optimize those groups uh, use ai to you know understand what student would be a better part of which group you know in order mm-hmm. for the group discussion to be fruitful right, absolutely. or what are yeah. mm-hmm. right or what are some topics uh, that are going out currently like what what's happening what's today and um, um would it be appropriate for students to you know pick up uh, such a topic and you know talk about it that is also something which can be worked upon moreover there are a lot of errors also in the curriculum you know there are a lot of errors in the cbse books also uh, ai could be used to you know correct all those mistakes or maybe really find out whether that's true or not and uh, just improve the quality of education entirely so there are different ways mm-hmm. in which ai can be used now we have to, uh, i think we have to ask the Everything boils down to that. You have to start asking the right questions and then we have to start building uh, solutions to that questions. We cannot be asking really broad questions because uh, AI is not some magic technology that can bring about reforms in a, in a click, right? So right. Uh, AI uh, for AI to really work, we need data. We need uh, a lot of other resources. We need a lot of things to fall in place, a lot of parameters to fit right when the mm-hmm. AI system give us accurate results which can really bring out impact so um, i think it all starts with the data it all starts with awareness
0: right absolutely so uh, you know i just want to talk about one thing out here so i want to give the example of isha vidya which is an initiative started by Sadhguru, um and you know they're doing a great job uh, with rural education with a lot of success stories so um, I recently attended the Inside 2021 event conducted by the Isha Leadership Academy. And, you know, like all of us, we got to firsthand hear the experiences from students and, you know, like how much the school has actually done from them. And these are all kids from like rural areas, right, mind you. So that was really inspiring. and. Um, so, you know, what that so what they essentially do is that they use a combination of, uh, you know, like action-based learning, group discussions, and, of course, they use technology and AI to, like, bring the world into the classroom as well. So, clearly, AI is a part of the answer, but isn't the answer in itself. So, you know, my question to you then is, like, where do you see the balance, uh, you know, between, like, just... Blindly banking on you know edtech and and where do you see the balance and also more importantly um, you know do you think that we are think we think that AI is going to solve the problems that exist with our current education system because we lack the clarity to actually think about you know the situation and come up with what's needed and what would work like do you think we're just blindly banking on AI as a solution?
1: Yes, we are. We are. Um, I think uh, like I said, you know, we are far from achieving. Uh, a stage where AI can come up with a solution to everything, right?
0: Right. Uh, What
1: we're dealing Mm -hmm. with right now is shallow AI, right? For shallow AI Mm -hmm. to function, the problem statement has to be very clear and the data set has to be very precise, right? Right, Um, yeah. So a lot of problems in real life may not have those kind of data sets or may not have a very clear problem statement, right? Some questions Mm -hmm. are very complicated. Some answers are very subjective. Uh, they are not objective mm-hmm. to be answered by any ai right so we cannot be blindly Absolutely. banking on AI to provide solutions to a lot of problems the solutions to some problems lie in economics the solution to other problems lie in psychology some some problems lie in finance um, and uh, some problems are surely because um, uh, of the mentality of people here in india right so uh, the government could be putting in to improve education in india but do you know that the funds are being utilized for the right purpose right so the mentality of people within also plays a very crucial role right if mm-hmm. uh, if people are corrupt if, if the funds are not reaching um the right people if the funds are not reaching the right um the the progress is hampered right so
0: absolutely
1: it we we need to work on the entire chain uh of where the money goes how it's utilized, um, and uh, what kind of changes is it bringing into education or in any other sector, to be very honest, right? And Mm -hmm. we should stop Mm -hmm. relying on uh, AI as a technology to bring about these concrete changes. I think we as individuals can also do a lot uh, to bring out this real growth that is needed.
0: Right. Totally agree with you on that. Um, Okay, so moving on to smart cities and infrastructure so talk about the application of ai in this space as mentioned in the strategy like how much development uh, have you really seen in this space
1: smart cities i think we are a long way from achieving smart cities honestly uh, yeah. the government decided that they wanted to have around 100 smart cities here in india i think those mm-hmm. include um, intelligent transport systems in the optimized uh, you know city structure city plan uh, optimized mm-hmm. water supply uh, so on and so forth but we still see that we are a long way uh even in uh, you know these developed cities so uh, as we call them mumbai pune metropolitan cities delhi um chennai hyderabad i think even these cities are facing a lot of challenges when it comes to uh traffic when it comes to water supply when it comes to electricity supply um when it comes to monitoring uh whatever is happening in public places i think um there's still a lot of accidents and uh, there's still a lot of uh, mishappenings, uh, so I think uh, all of this needs to change. There are a lot of barriers also when it comes to smart cities. The most important barrier being data privacy and security. People don't like to be monitored 24/7. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of psychology associated with uh, you know being able to monitor uh, public places, right? So mm-hmm. that also needs to be accounted for. Um, The government really has a plan, but uh, what they lack is execution and uh, what they lack is, I think, uh, really innovative ideas to get that plan up and running. So, Mm -hmm. uh, we're still a long way. So, this is also something that needs attention. There's another thing called public safety. I think AI can really Mm -hmm. help us with that. Maybe we could uh, help. Uh, we could we, we we could use AI to uh, reduce the crime risk, or identify areas in which there's high crime. Uh, we could do some analytics and you know uh, do something in which that kind of crime in that area could be minimized to a certain extent. So these are different things. So these are different challenges or different ways in which AI could be used. Um, if you talk about augmenting um, smart cities or you using AI to augment these cities, there could be smart parks, there could be uh, other public facilities which are um, you know essential to the public. So um, these are different ways I think uh, if you have any other ideas, I mean you could also suggest um, on, on an individual level, I think the smart homes. Um, which Mm -hmm. could really optimize human effort uh, in performing your daily activities, uh, domestic water utilization, electricity utilization, uh, or for any other human activity, I think, smart homes, all those sensors, IoT can really play a crucial role. Um, Then there's also crowd management, you know. Public places where you see that there's a lot of cl- crowd, mm-hmm. uh, there's a high possibility mm-hmm. of crime. There's high possibility of a stampede. Uh, so what you could do is maybe you could analyze the behavior of public in these crowded places and understand what is the next thing that the, right. that a certain individual is going to do. So predictive mm-hmm. analytics of something that could really be worked upon. AI could help us there. Mm-hmm. And then there are intelligent safety systems. Um, social media intelligence could be a part of it. Right, uh, you know, just analyzing what is happening in which area and really uh, directing all the efforts there. Like you know, mm-hmm. you understand from social media that there is a fire in some place, and you direct your um, yeah, you direct your teams towards that place. Maybe you direct your police, fire police there, other police there. You really understand mm-hmm. what crime has happened, uh, the root cause of uh, the accident, so on and so forth. So this kind of analytics also plays a big role um this is how I, um really used to you know build right. a smart city
0: yeah but like what about tier two tier three cities though? because i don't think that the kind of adoption that we will see with metropolitan cities i don't imagine like see it'll be easier for metropolitan cities to actually become smart right like at an individual level with like smart homes as well as with like smart infrastructures, it's going to be easier for metropolitan cities but like, what about tier two, three, or tier three cities? And like, the main thing that I see as a challenge there is one definitely, uh, you know, the the necessary funding. But even let's say we actually got the funding to let's see even like penetrate into tier two, tier three, three cities by making them smart. But even even beyond that, I think there is a certain sort of level of, um, you know. Uh, Maybe the word I'm looking for is discipline. Discipline that's required for you know these cities to actually become, uh, you know, for smart cities to actually work, right, and be like a sustainable uh, development. So, do you think that's possible with tier two, tier three cities, or what do you think needs to change for it to be possible, rather?
1: I think people need to be uh, uh, aware. They need to be educated about such things, honestly, because um, mm-hmm. there are challenges even with tier one cities to be very honest, right?
0: so mm-hmm.
1: with tier 2 to, it's accelerated it's even more you know it's multiplied challenges so um i think the necessity is to be felt the necessity to intelligent public spaces uh, the necessity of intelligent traffic control Right. Right. city of optimized yeah. water supply. I think uh, people in tier two cities, tier three cities, they do feel the problem, but they do not see AI as a potential solution to those problems. Right. Right. I think mm-hmm. this is something that needs to change. When you start looking at AI as, a, as something that can really solve those problems, like solve the problem of electricity supply, solve the problem of water shortage, I think that is when real solutions will come up for those particular cities, for those areas. Uh, and that is when real AI development. And then there are plenty of other a plethora of other other challenges. Uh, like I said, funding. Uh, mm-hmm. There's uh, there's sheer psychological barriers. People don't feel the necessity of uh, AI to solve these problems up there. Uh, there's also appropriate governance, right? So a lot depends on that too. So um, different challenges. Uh, I think um, it's gonna Time, especially in tier two, tier three cities, but uh, more and more coming aware, more and more people technologically savvy. So uh, mm-hmm. that is some that at least that is a good part. So maybe not today, maybe a few years down the line, but we will see more and more AI penetration uh, in tier two and tier three cities.
0: Right. Um, so talking about smart mobility and transportation. Um, so. Uh, talk to us about how ai can help you know with uh, smart mobility and the impact that this will have on the society and the economy and the reason why i say society and economy is because you know like the government of india has actually stated that it will not actively support ai developments that stand to threaten the jobs of blue-collar workers like you know self-driving trucks and etc um and, and that's totally understandable you know at some at, at, a, at a certain level um at the same time we need to see progress in this area as well um, so what do you think the solution is
1: i think we need to develop systems with um, people that actually work in this sector um, we cannot be building systems which actually take over jobs mm-hmm. right assistive systems can also be of great help and that is something which we need right now right. at least the indian economy Uh, There are different problems in like when it comes to smart mobility, I think international Mm -hmm. as well as domestic um, We also have to take in environmental considerations, right? Emissions, so on and so forth. So One of the core problems is traffic congestion, road accidents I think that is something that AI can really help with. I think AI can optimize uh, roads. They can optimize paths Um, right uh, Congestion can really be minimized, right? uh we can also optimize uh, traffic light times uh in order to uh, you know minimize traffic on different paths right mm-hmm. so this is something that can be worked upon another problem uh if you see is lack of public transportation infrastructure now this could be because of the funding problems from the government this could be because of inappropriate government planning and strategies uh but i think uh, ai can also help in uh some Uh, aspect, like maybe, you know, um, finding the right number of vehicles that are needed for uh, a smooth uh, uh, traffic experience or a smooth transportation experience, like just analyzing how many people travel every single day on a a certain time, I think, and making those public facilities available at those particular times, that is something I can really help with, you know, just going through uh, the sheer amount of data that is generated uh, across various timelines I think that is how public transportation can be optimized and you know, can be um, improved. Uh, there's also high number of deaths, you know, when it comes to road accidents and stuff. So if you could put in CCTV systems, when if you could put in monitoring systems, uh, computer vision systems, it could really, um, you know, what vehicle is going in what trajectory, and if there's a pedestrian nearby, if there's any living being that you know has a chance of being hurt or uh, is assisted to an accident I think um, that can mm-hmm. be prevented so AI yeah, systems can really help us with that then there's assisted vehicle technology that I was talking about you know we don't need systems which completely take over the job of a driver um, we mm-hmm. need a assistance which can help the driver maybe you know take informed decisions mm-hmm. on his behalf um, or maybe uh, just analyze whatever is happening around the vehicle uh, and uh, give uh, the driver suggestions as to how he should be driving uh, there's also projects like you know uh, drowsiness detection there's projects like helping car, cars cruise control uh, mm-hmm. that is uh, you know the driver can maybe you know uh, tell the car to stay at a certain speed when he's driving highway let's say 100 and uh, It's called the cruise control mode and once a driver steps in, he he puts his hand over any control of the Mm -hmm. car, the driver can resume the control back in his hands. So this is how, uh, uh, you know, AI is helping uh, drivers by assisting and not taking over their job. So this is something that can be done. I think uh, not just autonomous cars, even autonomous trucks, I think they are the need of the hour, you know, because a lot of truck drivers here in India work overtime. Mm -hmm. to meet their ends. So if you could have an assistive technology which can, you know, take off some workload um, and give them some rest during their work hours, that will also be fantastic. So that is something that we can really help with. And we need, you know, a sustainable transportation strategy. Like I talked about, you know, we uh, have some environmental concerns when it comes to using vehicles on roads. Uh, Maybe we could... uh, uh, bring about innovations in fuel technology with the help of AI. Uh, we could bring out innovation innovation in uh, chemicals, you know, which could really be used as fuels. Uh, we could uh, optimize um, engine uh, fuel consumption using AI, those kind of projects are also coming up. So when it comes to smart mobility, it's not just about vehicles on road, but what is happening in the vehicle as well, right? So engines, different parts, optimizing the structure. all of this comes under smart mobility and there are startups which are working on this i think this sector is seeing some real innovation Uh, we're also moving towards electric vehicles which is great i think Uh, over the long run is going to give us a lot of benefits Um, um, these are some ideas that i personally have Uh, Mm -hmm. some other uh, amazing ideas have been mentioned in the paper but like i said we are uh, climbing the ladder i mean this is going to be a very gradual Change, but uh, over time, uh, really amazing results.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you don't think that we'll be experiencing a scenario where there'll be a mass scale loss of jobs, right?
1: Um, I don't think it'll happen any soon, especially um, when the government has clearly informed that you know they won't be bringing in systems or they won't be allowing systems to take over blue collar jobs, right? Uh, over right. the long run like maybe if you um, for a period of 40 years, 50 years, 100 years, there are definitely going to be some concrete changes uh, in jobs right um, there will be jobs but not the kind of jobs that we see today. Right. The laborious mm-hmm. manual tasks will be taken over by machines and more creative uh, uh, tasks, you know, which really involve creative thinking, critical thinking, problem solving, idea generation, um, um, coming up with real concrete solutions to complex problems. I think this is somewhere machines are lacking today for human beings to work on even uh, uh, years down the line. So those kind of jobs, I think humans will be taking over. And uh, the monotonous tasks, I think um, uh, those will be given to machines to do.
0: Right. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, I mean, I totally agree with you with what you said that, you know, 40 to 50 years down the line, you could definitely see a scenario where, of course, like the type of jobs that like people do, it's, it's completely changed. And AI is for sure, like better when it comes to like data anal- analysis and the anal- analysis side of things. Whereas when it comes to creativity, AI still hasn't, you know, gotten that great, especially when it comes to like completely like, you know, thinking from first principles and, and you know, like coming up with some creative idea from scratch, right? Like right. humans are still much better at that so there seems there will there seems to be like a, a you know uh, like there, there there will probably be a shift towards like more of like creative uh, you know job profiles which we will probably be gravitating towards in the future mm-hmm. um and the future seems to be more of a space for like you know right brained people who are more creatively inclined right right so uh my, yeah so like my question to you is that uh you know, like, how, how do we prepare for this shift? Because while yes, the government is not going to be supporting, you know, any kind of AI development that's going to threaten blue collar jobs, but at the mm-hmm. same time, as we can see, like we are going to be adopting AI technologies you know that are that are uh, that are you know that are being adopted at a global scale. We are going to be adopting that in, back in India as well. So at some level, like there will be this shift, right? Like even if AI is used to used as an assistive technology, at some point the shift will completely happen, right? Like for example, I'll tell you in all the boutique countries in Europe, most of them, um, you know, autonomous buses, autonomous trucking, even like self-driving to a large extent. Um, it's actually not assistive anymore. Like it's completely, you know, with the software that the trucks and, uh, you know, the uh, the buses they are kind of like completely, uh, you know, uh, like managed by the software. Mm-hmm. So according to you, like how do we, how do you think we can prepare for this shift?
1: I think uh, being aware of uh, emerging technologies, uh, being aware of where we stand right now when it comes to technology, and being aware of where we are heading. That is important when you mm-hmm. know where we are heading i think uh, towards studying um, those subjects or uh, at least knowing more about uh, how technology is going to affect the world of tomorrow and what role i, I as an individual can play uh, in in that world so when you're aware that you know how technology is affecting in the world today and how it's gonna affect the world tomorrow you're automatically pushed to learning more about uh, you know that part of technology I think that is important secondly developing the path of learning new things every day so that is also equally important Like I discussed like we discussed before technology is one sector in which things change at a very fast pace so you cannot be like fine I'm so and so things today and um, that in tomorrow's world definitely not Uh, so there are new things coming every day and you should be prepared to reskill yourself to upskill yourself um, at any point of uh, stage in your career so that is something which is equally important this is how we are going to prepare ourselves Um, and uh, the third thing i think it comes with the education right quality education Mm -hmm. of those technologies um that is also equally important i mean knowing about a certain technology and how it's affecting the world is important but education in that particular technology uh will help you catalyze your career trajectory uh in technology i think that is important so these are a few Mm -hmm. factors which i think can help people prepare themselves
0: okay awesome so um so then what is your view of the strategy, the national strategy for artificial intelligence? I mean, it's been four years since the strategy was published. Mm-hmm. So where do you think we stand now? How successful have we been? And like, you know, how far long is the road?
1: Well, uh, yes, it was published four years ago. Um, back then I thought it was very ambitious. Uh, it is concrete, it is comprehensive. The government has identified a lot of challenges. Real. They have also put in a lot of recommendations which are really helpful. But uh, like I said before, you know, the real challenge here is execution. You know, publishing a paper, a discussion mm-hmm. paper is easy. But what, what, what challenge lies ahead of us is execution. But uh, the good part mm-hmm. is that I think we have an amazing knowledge capital. We have an amazing workforce. We have a lot of young individuals here in India willing to contribute towards the growth of the nation. Um, and we have a very ecosystem. So there are these three to four things that can really help India accelerate um, its technological growth, its economic growth, and really a significant take in the global uh, technological revolution. Um, this, and I think, this is really important because when you look at countries like China, you know, despite of uh, having the kind of population they have, they have been able to. Um, make their mark when it comes to technology, make their mark mm-hmm. when it comes to growth rate. I think India needs to adopt their ways. India also needs to devise ways of its own to reach there. So the strategy is amazing, but it's nothing. Different. So whoever is listening to this podcast, I would like to urge them to you know find out ways to think of ways to critically think, uh, to generate ideas, to put those ideas in front of people, important stakeholders, stakeholders right. that matter, and just voice those ideas out. Maybe they do it themselves, there will be someone out there who would like to you know work on those ideas. So that is important. That is what I would like to encourage. Mm-hmm. You.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So moving forward, what like, you know, we spoke about like different, uh, you know, sectors, right? So we spoke about, you know, education, we spoke about agriculture, we spoke about healthcare, we spoke about smart cities infrastructure. We also spoke spoke about smart mobility and, you know, transportation. So taking all of these different, uh, you know, sectors that we spoke about. So what shift needs to happen, uh, you know, for us as a country? To be able to, uh, you know, come up with AI developments that are then adopted by the rest of the world, and then also to kind of, you know, uh, adopt AI technologies being developed, you know, uh, in in the rest of the world as well.
1: I think uh, we need to start incentivizing the right things. Okay. Uh, so we need to stop incentivizing uh, memorizing uh, unoriginal information. It's, we need to start incentivizing core and applied research and emerging technologies. Uh, we need to push people mm-hmm. to build projects that matter. Uh, we need to stop uh, mm-hmm. people to you know just think of technology in a very commercial uh, uh, way, right? You could use technology for good. Right. You can use technology to bring out real societal impact. Uh, you could use technology in a way that uh, the poor and marginalized or the downtrodden sections of the society benefited, right? This is something that needs to happen, uh, and. Uh, this right. is when, you know, India will be able to really um, have the growth that it uh, wants to have, right? Uh, only then we'll see India at a stage where, you know, it, it is having a significant take. So, all these things need to happen. Moreover, like I said, we need to start a developing center of excellences in technology, different educational institutions. Uh, we need to start encouraging students to... Um, Learn in a more action-based way, in a more project-based manner. Um, we need to limit theoretical education, we need to improve vocational courses. Uh, we need to introduce these mm-hmm. newer technologies to students at a very young age, so that they get inclined towards studying those, and not just studying those, but maybe building solutions using those technologies. That is mm-hmm. important. We need mm-hmm. to reskill our workforce. We need to um, uh, you know, prepare them for what is coming ahead. You know, AI had a certain mm-hmm. level. like AI entered the top of the hype cycle and now it's being um, uh, democratized, right? Now it's coming to the bottom of the hype cycle right now. But now there are other technologies mm-hmm. which are coming up, other technologies which could have a, a, a more penetrative um, impact in the world, you know, um, an impact which could really be revolutionary. So, AI uh, Mm -hmm. is a revolutionary technology, but there are ample amount of technologies that are still coming, right? So, we need Mm to be prepared for them too, right? So, um, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things, you know, but uh, in all, I think there's still a long way, but uh, at least... uh, uh, the good part is people are taking interest in these subjects, right? Mm, at Machine Learning right. India, we have yeah. recorded the growth of our community. And just in about three years, mm-hmm. we had around five lakh people looking up to our content. You know, that is a very clear indication wow. of how people are interested in these technologies, how many people want to learn more about it. And maybe not in a formal manner, but a lot of people at least want to know the basics, the fundamentals of these emerging technologies. I think that is a good signal. Um, If this is the kind of um, inclination we are seeing from the public, then I think the future of India is pretty bright. And uh, then there are different communities, there are different platforms, there are different resources, uh, companies, experts, researchers coming out voicing their opinion people into the space uh, and so on so on and so forth the ecosystem is broadening and you know becoming uh, strong and absolutely, powerful yeah. so let's hope that mm-hmm. you know a lot of people um, pursue ai and uh, not just in a way that really helps right. them boost their career but in a way that really helps them bring about real change in the society
0: right absolutely um, so Priyanka, with that, I come to an end uh, with regards to the questions that I have for you. So what would you like our listeners to know, uh, you know, both uh, from the tech as well as the non-tech background? Because I do believe that, you know, both equally can contribute to the AI development that we will be, uh, you know, uh, like experiencing as a country. Mm-hmm. So what do you think they can do? What, what would be your, you know, uh, advice to them or your you know, words to them?
1: Uh, my last words would be see not everyone has to become a data scientist or an AI, or any AI professional. Uh, you could be whatever you want to be. you you could be good at it, right? So um, mm-hmm. the the important point is to get started somewhere. The stars are never going to align mm-hmm. for you. The traffic lights of uh, your life are never going to be green at the same time. I mean, it's important for you to just pick up your ideas and uh, to hit the ground running and just to get started, I think everything else will fall in place later. Uh, you learn a lot right. of things on the way. Uh, things will turn out just right. right.
0: Right. Thank you so much. That was, that was truly an amazing, uh, you know, a piece of uh, advice that you gave right there. Very inspiring um, and really happy to have you on the podcast. This was an amazing, uh, intellectually stimulating conversation. And uh, thank you so much for your time, this was amazing.
1: Thank you Amrita, I had fun uh, interacting with you and really just going back to the papers and India's strategy, I think it just makes me feel so empowered of being part of such a country and really inspires me to work towards it and to contribute on an individual level um, and see India becoming a leader in global technology.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was really excited when you wanted to talk about the NITIYU strategy for artificial intelligence because, you know, like when I was starting my uh, company in the AI space, uh, you know, one of the first things that I did when I was just at the ideation stage is that I want to know what is the government's take on like, you know, the AI space, right? Like what strategy do they have for it? Because I think anybody who, you know, wants to start a company in this space should have some idea of the strategy, uh, you know, national strategy for artificial intelligence. So, you know, when I read the paper, yeah. You know, I was thinking, okay, I'm probably like one of the very few people who are gonna actually like geek over a paper like this. But then the other day, when like I connected with you and and you know, you were like, I want to talk about the uh, you know, Niti Aayog paper, and I was like, amazing, yeah, for sure. So thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah,
1: I think a lot of people have this misconception that government is not taking necessary measures, but I think the government is. We are just not aware of it or interested. Mm -hmm. Um. It is important, I think the government is also arranging a lot of competitions, hackathons. The winners are gifted um, cash prizes, and sometimes even their startups are funded, right? The government directly funds their startup. I think uh, a lot of times the government also acquires a stake in the startup. It's huge news right which is amazing for uh, an aspiring entrepreneur a budding entrepreneur so the government has a lot of a ton of initiatives the government also has internships open uh, wherein you can go work for niti ayog learn their ins and outs what they're doing what they're into what kind of work they're encouraging um, that can also really help uh, on an individual level i think what you need is just google just put in those words uh, find out be curious and mm-hmm
0: just whatever you want to absolutely thank you so much thank you so much Bianca. this is a pleasure